Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? MCMF, the podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read comic books. Uh, my name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Joining me on this episode is my friend Chloe. Hello. We're here today to talk about Giant Size X-Men number one. This is the oldest comic we've discussed on the show so far, beating out the Judas contract by like five or six years. Um... This is this comic is from 1975. It is the big relaunch of the X-Men after they uh, were kind of unceremoniously canceled in 1970. Because uh, little known fact, in the 60s, the X-Men uh, did not they did not stick. Um, and if not for this issue, Giant Size X-Men number one, uh, Second Genesis. If they, if this issue hadn't come around, if Len Wein, Dave Cockrum, and Chris Claremont hadn't kind of steered the ship uh, in the mid seventies, uh, the X Men would not exist the way they do now. They probably would be like a forgotten team. Like they'd probably occupy the same space the Doom Patrol occupied for a very long time. Like, I think a lot of people's knowledge prior to the show, a lot of people's knowledge of the Doom Patrol came from Beast Boy formerly being a member of the Doom Patrol. Um, and so I think that if not for this and where the stories with this team go after this issue, I feel like the X-Men would have ran uh, down that same kind of path. Uh, I picked this story... I picked this one issue. This is going to be the shortest episode of this podcast, I'm sure. Because um, this is a one-issue story. Uh, but I picked it because, Chloe, you do not have a lot of experience with the X-Men. I do not. Um, uh, go ahead. I've seen, like, the like the first two movies from, like, the 2002, like, yeah. movie trilogy. And, um... I saw, like, the first two first-class movies, I think. Uh-huh. First Class in, um... That would have been the Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past, yeah. yeah. Um, that's about it. I read, like, some X-Men Blue randomly because I liked their outfits in that one. And, yeah, uh... You, you really went through this phase, I remember, where you were just really into that jean costume. It's really good. It's extremely good. <laughs> And, um, time travel future baby Cyclops was on Champions, and I read some Champions. Um, yeah, that's about it. Just, like, kind of general, like, pop culture osmosis knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was very interesting to read this, because, like, from what I can tell, it's, like, the first appearance of a lot of these, like, super classic characters. Like, this is the first appearance of Nightcrawler, Colossus, Thunderbird, and Storm. Uh, Banshee, Sunfire, uh, and Wolverine had been around um, 
yeah, and Cyclops I, had been around. I saw Wolverine was like he was just a random like Hulk villain in like one issue of the Hulk, and then they were yes. like, "Hey, let's take this guy for X Men." Yeah. So it was like this is his second issue, basically. Yeah, like I thought Storm, that was cool. Storm uh, is Storm and Nightcrawler both I think are characters that Dave Cockrum had created originally on his own uh, for a it was like a Legion of Superheroes pitch I think, um, and he repurposed for this. Uh, Sunfire and Banshee, I think, had made appearances in the older X-Men stuff. Uh, and Thunderbird was a character that uh, that Ween and Cochran came up with. Uh, gotta say, though, very funny to me that the co-creators of this title are a dude named Ween and a dude named Cockrum. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Len Dick and Dave Penis. <laughs> I'm glad that's like the tone of joke we're going with. <laughs> oh, that's the show. That is the for everybody who didn't listen to the episode we did on sex criminals, me and Jake. That it, that is two hours of that. <laughs> Jake starts reading porn stars Wikipedia pages. It's incredible. God, it's. <laughs> Please listen to that episode, everyone, if you have not. It's so much fun. Um. So let's dive in to Stanley presents the Uncanny X Men Giant Size Number One. Uh, um, go ahead. Can I just start off with that? I thought the cover was really funny because, like you were saying, like the '60s X Men didn't take off, and the cover is just like, "Here's the sexy '60s X Men. Fuck those guys. Here's the new character. Yes. like breaking through the page. Yes, conspicuous by his absence is the Beast, uh, who is an Avenger now." <laughs> yeah later in the comic they're like oh if only be if only we had gotten beast's phone number we could have called him because <laughs> it's the 60 or it's 1975 um so for, we open on this big beautiful splash page uh it says the glory and gr the grandeur and the glory begin anew with second genesis from the ashes of the past there grow the fires of the future uh and it's the our new X-Men bursting onto the, uh, onto the scene uh, while what looks like a memorial for the original five X-Men is in the background. Beast looking like a fucking the eye lip eye emojis. <laughs> uh, Iceman looking like he doesn't want to be here. I thought that was Xavier. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the story opens in Winzeldorf, Germany, nested deep in the Bavarian Alps. This tiny village has ch hardly changed over the centuries. In Winzeldorf, life is gentle, peaceful, for nothing here ever happens to disturb the domestic tranquility. Uh, cut to the townspeople chasing uh, uh, who we will soon know as Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler, through the, the streets. sexy, sexy. I was going to say, Nightcrawler, man. who Chloe wants to kiss on the face. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Kurt has left the carnival, has left the circus, and says, uh, as the mob chases him, let them come if they must. Let them try to kill me. If I, if, at least if I die, it will be as a man. And 
he jumps on top of a building. And it's like, ironically, the astonishing leap alone lends doubt to Kurt Wagner's humanity. And his hideous howling, like that of a baying beast, denies it completely. And he yells, go away, you fools! I have done nothing! He's like full-on like King Kong on top of this like, <laughs> like a, 15th like century ant- German building. <laughs> so they're throwing torches at him! They have set this building on fire! And Kurt's like... What? <laughs> One of them's trying to, like, they've got, it's, like, this panel where there's, like, a bunch of hands in front, and there's, like, two of them have got torches, and one of them has a big cross. And one thing I do know about Kurt is that he's super Catholic, so that's funny to me. <laughs> I think this so, like, is, look, before they decide that he's really Catholic, like, that's a, that's a clear Oh, I'm sure. Thing. But, yes, it is ironic that one of Marvel's two most prominent Catholic characters, the other being Daredevil. Uh, someone is chasing him with the crucifix. <laughs> like, get back, you beast! And he's you like, oh, God, I have to go to confession later. Hey, do you know that... Okay, so you've seen First Class. Uh, do you know uh-huh. the really dumb part of Kurt's backstory that gets retconned in later? Uh, n- is it that he was a priest? Well, no, he, that, he becomes a priest later. Like, oh, okay. Didn't uh, know, I don't know. Uh... So, there is a story titled The Draco from 2003. Oh no, 2003. Written by the infamous, notorious Chuck Austin. Uh, And it reveals that Nightcrawler's father is a demon called Azazel. Oh, I didn't know that was a retcon. Yes, yeah, that, I knew about that. That gets added in later. Um, so he's, yeah. So is he still a mutant then? Also, yes, because his mom okay. is Mystique. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, yes, I am a demon, but also, I am a mutant demon. <laughs> yes, mutant or like it says mutant <laughs> slash demon on his on his Marvel Wiki page. God, because because <laughs> Azazel Lion energy. Uh, Azazel is also a, a mutant demon hybrid. No! <laughs> what the fuck? It's very stupid. Oh, it's really so, like, dumb. Does mutantness always, like... Is it always, like, hereditary? Not always. There is a character named Graydon Creed, who is the son of... He's Nightcrawler's half-brother... He is the son of Mystique and Sabretooth. He is totally human. Huh, okay. J- just a regular like ass Like Will guy. Stronghold. Like Will Stronghold, yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, worst timeline, Will Stronghold. Um, yeah, th- that family tree is fucked, by the way. Because it's, like, Mystique... Uh, originally, Claremont... If Claremont had gotten his way... This story wouldn't be a thing. The Draco would not have existed if not for the Hayes Codes and general homophobia in the 80s. Because the story was going to be that Mystique is Nightcrawler's father. She was going to oh, have... Um, with the with the future sight lady? Yes, with Destiny. It was going to be that yeah. uh, Mystique uh, impregnated Destiny and the baby was Nightcrawler. 
and Chris Claremont was explicitly forbidden from portraying that relationship that way and had to sneak and hide uh, any hints to the two of those characters being a couple. Um, and then he tries to do it again later with Rogue. This was supposed to be both Nightcrawler and Rogue's origin. They were supposed to, when you think about it, break down and be uh, be genetic siblings. Uh, instead, they are just adopted siblings because Nightcrawler's mother adopted Rogue. But can't even have shape shifted heterosexuality. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't even. They wouldn't even let him do that. It was fucked up. Um. Uh, anyway. Uh, Nightcrawler says, fuck it, if, uh, he says, uh, they're utterly mad, their threat was serious, they'll destroy their entire village to make certain that they destroy me, and for what reason? I came only among them to learn, yet all I've learned thus far are the ways of the blind, unreasoning violence. Well, if that is all they, that those who dwell in the normal world have to teach me, then I will show them that I learned my lessons well and dives off the bit like stage dives and takes one of these dudes out. His his poses are really good during this. Yeah. Like when he's like trying to dodge like the torches and when he's like leaping. Yes. It's a really and, good uh, sense of motion. I, th I think like the color palette um in this scene specifically does a lot mm -hmm. and i thought it was cool with like all the dark blues and then it kind of turns red like with the um like with the fire but then also like when he's in the crowd and like the fire is like illuminating them yeah everybody's kind of cool. lit up by like these orange colors um and he just starts beating the shit out of people but the, uh, and then he gets overwhelmed <laughs> yeah he knocks the shit out of these guys but gets overwhelmed by sheer force and they try to stake him in the heart like he's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> like, they grab him, they have they are just holding him down, and one dude has a stake at his chest. And they're like, now, monster, we will be rid of you! Now, we will! And uh, a big thought bubble pops up and says, stop! And remarkably, they do. Uh, Marcus, I, I don't think that was the correct voice for, for this character. Have at it. <laughs> Fuck. G give me your best Patrick Stewart. Come on. Stop. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I will add, it doesn't make sense that Professor X has a uh, English accent. He is from New York. It's, like, I know this is, I'm sure this is, like, tread ground, but, like, even the fucking faces in this issue, I feel like Professor X looks like Patrick Stewart. Yes, it's very weird that it was like way it's like before the fucking yeah. Go ahead. Way before he was Picard or anything, he look. This looks like Patrick Stewart. That's insane. Just insane casting choice. Amazing. Perfect. Um, but Professor X is from New York. He's only like thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> like Wait, is he from new york in uh first class no he's english he's voiced by, he's okay. played by james mcavoy i didn't know he was an, a new yorker yeah professor x is from fucking west the 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 school in westchester new york is the xavier family home 
That's the house he grew up in. That's pretty funny. Necessary sacrifice. <laughs> uh, and so Charles uh, wheels in and says, "Hey, uh, so my name is Charles Xavier. I heard you say you, I heard you say you'd come here to learn, my friend. I am a teacher. I run a school for gifted youngsters such as you." Also, it's weird to call him a youngster because Kurt's like yeah. 22. Kurt's like in his early, his late teens, early 20s at the youngest. It says it, if, he says it a few times later, or like the narration does, that they're youngsters and they're like... Like Cyclops is like 24. <laughs> it just like, I guess in the last 50 years since this came out, like the like age for youngster like went down a lot. Yeah. Because, like, Colossus is, like, a teenager, right? Colossus is, like, 18, 19. Uh, he, I mean, he talks to his parents. Yeah. So like, he's, like... He, like, I'm saying, at oldest, he's, like, 18. Hmm. Uh, but, like, Nightcrawler is maybe early 20s. Cyclops is, like, early to mid-20s. Uh, like, these are... <laughs> I would not say these are particularly young people. Like, young in the way that the original X-Men are young. Because, like, they're, like, all, like, 16, 17. Uh, and so, he says, I, I run a school for mutants. And uh, Kurt's like, yes, I have heard the word. He says, yeah, you're a mutant. He's like, can you help me be normal? Why would you want to be? He says, perhaps not. I want only to be a whole Kurt Wagner. If you can make me that, I, teacher, I will go with you. Uh, cut away to Quebec. Cut, cut to Canada. It's cut, it's smash cut to French Canada. Um. So, like, the rest of the first, like, third of this issue is just going to be, like, going to different places in the world and collecting people. Yeah. And I just... It feels very like Captain Planet tokenism. Oh, okay, yes. Let's let's get into that because part or, of. Do you want to wait till after we've like got no, the whole we, cast together? We can we can start with it now. Okay. Um, a big it's... idea, like the prevailing thought process when they put together this new team of X Men, was that they wanted to. They wanted to put together a diverse team. Uh, and yeah, it's um, an international team. Uh, I saw... Sorry. Because the original... Not just the original five X-Men. The original seven X-Men. Which are Cyclops... Uh, Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Marvel Girl, Angel, Polaris, and Havoc. Are all white people. Are all white American teens... Uh, five of them are guys, two of them are girls, two of them are related. Yeah, I, um, I was looking up Sunfire because I have never heard of that character before. Mm -hmm. And I saw a quote from Roy Thomas, I guess, um, who was like the creator of Sunfire, I think. And he mentioned like specifically he created several of these characters because he didn't want the X-Men to just be all white Americans, mm -hmm. which like that's, and obviously the fucking bar is very different in 1975 versus now. Yeah. 
So it was like, I don't like it's a cool effort, but it still it just feel it feels very like Street Fighter Two, like Captain Planet, Power Rangers, mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you got to let's keep in get mind one. Too. Let's it, get one of every race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the thing you got to consider too: this predates all a lot of those by fifteen years. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those things are doing this from this. Very interesting. Um, so they they head to Canada, and they are uh, Charles is met by the Wolverine, who Fuck. I don't even think Wolverine yeah. has a name yet. I don't think they I don't think they call him Logan yet. Uh, I don't think so. He uh, he's still in the the pointiest version of this costume. It's a great costume. It, it's all time good costume. It's like the uh, the like um, not Tony the Tiger, but like the the stripes on like the torso. Mm -hmm. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, the first thing Wolverine says is, "All right, gent. All right, gents. I'm here." And I gotta say, Wolverine calling up anybody gents. Uh, or chums or pals feels weird. Yeah, um, he's like, "Who's this big wig?" And then <laughs> Professor X is like, "I am I, the big wig." Wolverine. I am the big wig. Professor Charles Xavier at your service, and he am says, I, am, "Am I supposed to be impressed? Am I supposed to be impressed by that bub in offer?" <laughs> okay, Prof, you've piqued my curiosity. What's the deal? You, my friend, are a mutant. I have need of your powers. Desperate need. But what about my position here? <laughs> um, Professor X is like, Yeah, I read Hulk 181. I saw your previous <laughs> appearance. I know the product, brother. <laughs> and then the, the fucking Canadian general guy is like, Wait. <laughs> hold <laughs> well, well, hold on. <laughs> Because Professor X is like, "Hey, want to get out from? Want to get out of working for the Canadian government?" And the, the Canadian like, government, yes, the single most evil government in the Marvel universe. The Canadian government in Marvel <laughs> is so corrupt; they are so fucked. Like and, um, specifically Canada, more than any other country, even Cold War era Russia. Like the USSR <laughs> is painted in a better light than Canada in the seventies and eighties. It's so funny. Um, the general guy is like, hey, we spent a lot of money on Weapon X. You can't leave. I'll throw you in prison. And then Wolverine, like, pops a claw out. And I thought he was flipping him off. He kind of is. <laughs> well, it's like, it's the it's, index it's the, finger claw. Yeah. It's not the middle claw. Uh, you try walking out on us and I'll have you locked up. It seems you didn't get my meaning, friend. This still is a free country, isn't it? So I'm resigning my commission, effective immediately. He cuts his tie in half. <laughs> it, there, <laughs> I would like to say, there's a long-standing rumor that Len Wein vehemently uh, denies, uh, but it's I, I would be remiss if I did not mention it. There was a rumor uh, that Wolverine's real identity was going to be a hyper-evolved Wolverine. Oh my god. <laughs> a genetically <laughs> altered Wolverine uh, 
that took on the form of a man. Got bitten by a radioactive person. <laughs> it was supposed to be that, like, the high evolutionary fucked him up. And that's why he's like this. That would... That definitely would have, like, killed his character. Oh, most definitely. Which is probably why the Ween and Cochran were like, no, God, we were never gonna do that. Uh, oh, also, because we see, like, Professor X's wheelchair from the back as he's leaving, when I saw it in, like, the first panel when he shows up to Nightcrawler, I was like, that's a weird wheelchair for, like, a... Like, it's like a hospital wheelchair with, like, the handles and stuff. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like a wheelchair that, like, an actual person who uses a wheelchair would sit in. Uh-huh. But then I figured he could probably just, like... He's using it with, he's moving it with, with his telekinesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a weird design. Like, it doesn't... Ha- like, it doesn't look like it's a good chair. Yeah. But he's... <laughs> it's all TK. Yeah, he can move it with his mind. <laughs> so, whatever... <laughs> Why would I? Why would we get you a power chair? Use your mind, asshole. This is also before everyone has decided that Professor X is like the fucking worst guy. <laughs> Professor X, especially like over the last thirty or thirty-five years, but especially over the last twenty, it's been like, wow, Professor X actually fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, he very casually just mind controls the entire crowd in germany to like completely freeze them in place like with no fanfare yeah um like it's revealed later like claremont uh will dig into it more than ween and cockrum do i mean len ween does not write this book for very long he i think passes it off to claremont this is um like the the next issue after this is um is number 96 i think I want to say by issue 100, Claremont has really has taken over the book. Mm. Um, and so they, like, Claremont digs more into it. Like, Gene becoming Dark Phoenix is, is Charles Xavier's fault. Like, the things that she does that push her more and more into this I am all-powerful frame of mind are things that are, like... The foundation is set by Charles Xavier. He, um, like, when, when they recruit Kitty Pride, um, her parents are originally like, no, we don't want her to go be an X-Man. Fuck off. And then, uh, they actually very suddenly change their minds. And they're like, hey, what the f-? Like, Cyclops notices it and goes, hey, what the fuck was that? And Jean goes, oh, I changed their minds. Me and the professor do that all the time. Oh God! <laughs> like, like Charles Xavier, kind <sighs> of a bad dude. Like, I, kind of an asshole. Kind of a beast. Like sweating over here. Uh, cut to Nashville, Tennessee, at the Grand Ole Opry. Banshee's <laughs> trying to enjoy, <laughs> trying to enjoy a show. He doesn't even, like, wait for him in the lobby. He just, like, rolls into the fucking auditorium. Where the Banshee is sitting and going, oh, shit, hey, Charles Xavier. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I gotta talk to him. Talk to you. And so they leave the show that Banshee wanted to go to. He paid tickets for this, Charles. This is not refundable. He was already in the building. Fuck. (laughs) It's literally, it's literally two panels. Yes. It's like... (laughs) Banshee's at the uh, at the uh, at the Opry. 
hey Banshee, I need to talk to you. And then they go to Banshee's house, and he's like, okay, I'll join you. And then it cuts to the next place. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so, so yeah, we all know Banshee. Let's let's move on. Right? Yeah, because Banshee had been around for a while. He's uh, Irish. You get it. Yeah, it's like yeah, you don't you, listen. You don't need to explain to me. He he wore his supervillain costume with a trench coat over it to go to the Opry like a normal person. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they cut away to Kenya, East Africa, uh, where a beautiful woman, Aurora, great goddess of the storm, has come to ease the burdens of uh, of these people. She is. Like, I know a lot of things, like, harp on the everyone sees her as a goddess thing. She is literally the most important person in these people's society. She saves them from a drought and fixes their crops. And she's like, she makes it rain on a land that has not had rain in weeks or months or God knows how long. Xavier shows up and is like, hey... Anyway, uh, you want to come work for me? Yeah, I, it's such a dick move. <laughs> says, like she's anyway. literally, she's living her best life. She's a goddess. She has people worshiping her, and then Professor X is like, "You're not a goddess. You are a come midget. to America and put on a shirt." <laughs> she's topless. Yes. Her hair just is conveniently covering conveniently her nipples her ha- like, in most of the panels. Right. It's later revealed that Charles and Aurora met once when she was a child because she tried to pickpocket him <laughs> because Aurora used to be a pickpocket. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, her, her thief tools are in her headdress. Uh, that is a holdover from the original idea for her character. Basically, she was going to be the black cat. Like, okay. Felicia Hardy almost just didn't exist. Or rather, Felicia Hardy would have been Aurora Monroe. And then uh, they decided instead to use her as Storm. To make the make the X-Men more... Uh, so it wouldn't just be a bunch of dudes. It literally says... Um... She's only truly happy here among the elements. And then Professor X is like, hey, come come with me. Anywho. Anyway, fuck your life. Yeah, fuck your dreams, fuck your life. He says, you have a land, Aurora, and a people who adore you. I offer you a world, and people who may fear you, hate you, but people who need you nonetheless. The world is The world I offer is not beautiful, but it is real. Far more real than the fantasy you're living now. And she's like, you know what? You seem like you're telling the truth. It's just, I don't know. It feels very invalidating of the fact that, like, he says, like, you're not a goddess, but, like, she kind of is. She is kind of the most powerful person maybe alive. Like, she is the most powerful member of this team. She recently in current present day X-Men comics uh, in the story Planet Size X-Men, which is great, she terraformed Mars. 
like Storm and Iceman combine their powers. Storm, Iceman, and I think Magneto combine their powers to ter to terraform Mars. She shaped the environment of an entire planet. So her her powers not tied to like the Earth specifically. They then? are not limited to Earth. Okay, but what if she was just like in space? I think I think she's I've seen her use like solar winds or something. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, like Storm is crazy strong. Like she could just kill Charles here, frankly. And uh, we meet the final two members of our team uh, in Osaka, Japan. Uh, Sunfire re uh, joins back up with the X Men. He says, uh, "I know your I know your feelings toward the Western world, Shiro, and I would not have come to you, but you require help that only I may give. So I owe you nothing, Professor, but perhaps I owe something to myself. Perhaps it is time once more for the world to hear." From Sunfire! Sunfire's old costume is a problem. This was, um... <laughs> okay, yeah, we can... Let's not gloss over his his costume being the, like, Imperial Japan, Japan Rising yep. Sun flag. Yep. His mother is a surviving of the atomic bombing in Hiroshima. His, he... I thought he... I thought he was. No, his mom was. Okay. He, uh... When he gets his power, or his powers activate when he goes to Hiroshima. Oh, jeez. He is a raging furnace of atomic fire. <laughs> um, I thought this panel was really funny, where it was like, oh, we only need two panels. You you all know who Sunfire is, right? And then it's like... Yeah, yeah, Sunfire and Banshee, somebody as, from... the, as the characters who people, like might recognize from previous comics get the shortest intro i'm just saying it was like because banshee at least like i know banshee from first class sort of yeah but sunfire is like literally who is this dork yeah. yep um he's I got a fucking like giant butterfly mask mm -hmm. his new mask is much cooler uh the thing about sunfire well the thing in general is that um that i think is kind of cool is that on this team uh, that joined the X-Men officially after this, um, uh, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Sunfire, and... I don't know, it's just those three. Are all current members... Oh, and Polaris, who is in this issue, uh, are all currently members of the main X-Men team. Uh, and his mask is much cooler now. <laughs> I I did see that Sunfire was like the originator of Big Hero Six, which I thought was cool. Yep. Because like the initial like three issue run of Big Hero Six was like Sunfire and Big Hero Six featuring Big Hero Six. <laughs> yeah. And okay, this is a total side note, but like. In the 2003 Big Hero 6, Baymax is like a lizard man that turns into a butler. I, I do not know that much about Big Hero 6, so I, this is news to me. It's like Hero built 
Baymax as like a robot helper and he can shift between like a odd job looking motherfucker and like a like a devil hulk like reptile man and then in like the the second big hero 6 comic he shifts between a butler and like a robot guy because they were like this just looks like the hulk Whoops. Accidentally the Hulk. Yeah, anyway, we cut to the USSR. Yep, in Lake Baikal, Siberia. Uh, on the Ur- Ust-Ordinsky collective farm, the living, the literal living Iron Curtain, Pyotr um, Rasputin. <laughs> Didn't know something embarrassing about my just a general knowledge. Huh. I I had to look up Siberia. I thought it was a country this whole time, like my whole life. <laughs> and not it's like just, just part of Russia. It's just like the region that includes Russia and other places. Yeah. Uh so, so Peter yeah, is farming. He's, he's tilling the land looking fucking gigantic he's so he, huge he kind of looks like he's practicing martial arts with a pitchfork <laughs> like he's just standing in normal grass yeah yeah he's wearing a fucking newsboy cap yeah <laughs> like a fucking cab driver and uh somebody on a tractor is like peter look your sister and, and a she's runaway like, tractor <laughs> This is, uh, note about this, this is the first appearance of Ileana Rasputina, uh, a.k.a. Magic. I just, uh, I love that it's a runaway tractor because it makes me think of that Austin Powers scene with the steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> like, how fast is that tractor going? It is, it is hauling ass. It is going so <laughs> fucking fast. Um... And Piotr runs in, turns to living steel. Um, excuse you. It's P-E-T-R. His name P-E-T-E-R. is P-E-T-E-R. His name is Piotr. This is, this is 1975. We only use the four kids' names. It, it, <laughs> that, that boy's name is Piotr Nikolaevich Rasputin. And Russia's greatest love machine turns into metal. (laughs) (laughs) Breaks the tractor. Poor Peter. He is a character who makes, who does not make sense anymore. (laughs) Like, I think I've I've mentioned it in other episodes. Um, This was a thing they did a lot in the 70s and 80s was they would like make a character who is, like, inextricably tied to a, like, world event. So, in the case of Colossus, he is locked to the USSR. He is a character that does not make sense since the fall of the Soviet Union. Oh, like Magneto. Like Magneto. At least with Magneto, you can, you can like, explain it away as, like, oh, he's been de-aged a couple times, uh, he uses the Earth's magnetism to make himself young... Which then makes Lorna not make any sense, unless he was using his <laughs> powers 
like that for years and 25, 26 years ago, let's, let's say 30, let's say nebulously, Lorna is like 30. That means that her dad would have been, how old would Magneto have been in 1990? Let's say he was 10 in 1948. So he'd been, he'd be what? Like 60 something? He'd, he'd be like in his early 50s. Yeah, he'd be like 52 in 1990. That's, uh, all right. Fine. Sure. I can live with it. Well, if he's de-aging himself, he's de-aging his cock and balls. <laughs> you think he's stopping there? <laughs> let me hit the face, let me hit the abs, and eh, I can leave the balls. You think he, you don't think he just doesn't want to put in the effort sometimes? He's just like, nah, fuck it, you guys are getting an old man dick today. Yeah, kind of like a droopy. <laughs> it's, it's a no bones day. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um so Magneto debating the cost benefit between <laughs> using his magnetism powers to DH his dick versus buying Viagra. <laughs> I hate sw- Magneto just hates swallowing pills. Sorry, so Piotr being tied to the USSR. Sorry, okay, yeah. Piotr is tied to the USSR, which means that after, like, 2005, he stops making sense. <laughs> like, after the point where they brought him back, because P- uh so... God, I have to explain the legacy virus. So in the 90s, um, they did a story, uh, like the major story of the mid-90s, spinning out of the event Executioner song, is the legacy virus. The legacy virus is essentially mutant HIV. This is not me exaggerating. It is exa- This is exactly what it is. It is a deadly virus that specifically targets mutants who are a, min- who are a metaphor for minority groups, in this particular example, for gay people. Uh, it only targets mutants. Only mutants can die of it. And it's terminal. There is no cure. Then, in a story in the early 2000s, Colossus, or they finally find a cure for it, but it can only be... like The way it works is that uh, a mutant has to absorb it into their body and then activate their powers to release it. Upon releasing it, uh, the mutant in question will die. So Colossus decides that he will make the sacrifice to honor his sister, Ileana, who was the first victim of the legacy virus. And it's like a, it's like a really important moment for his character. And then they brought him back. (laughs) Well, that's what they always do. It's they, they bring him back, and now Colossus does not make any sense anymore. <laughs> because he was a teenager in the USSR, which folded 30 years ago. But he can't be older than Cyclops, who is like 35. <laughs> it's... It's very It's dumb. time to... Time to time displace Colossus. Yeah. Uh, yep. See, this is... They did this with Colossus. They did it with Karma. Like, Karma is tied to the Vietnam War. 
which was not a great idea. Chris Claremont. <laughs> uh, like, DC did it too. Like, there's a character, um, like, Tim Drake's first girlfriend, Ariana Zherchenko, is like a former USSR refugee. Like, her family had just moved to Gotham after the fall of the Soviet Union. And, like, so she's like. That is. It's really I mean, specific! As, like, both of us were born after the USSR dissolved. Right! So, like, hearing the phrase moved from the USSR to Gotham City is really weird. There was also the villain, the KG Beast, who kind of. <laughs> Listen. Comic writers in the 80s and 90s love tying shit to Russia. I don't know why. Is the KG Beast the enemy of U.S. Agent? <laughs> no, he's a DC character, so he mostly just harasses Batman. <laughs> like, people will hire him Fuck. to harass Batman and his sons. Uh, anyway, uh, Charles shows up and is like, Hey, uh, I need you to go with, come with me to America. Uh, you... Uh, Wait, wait. There, there's two things here that I wanted to say, which is just um, I I like Peter being a very good boy, and he's like he's saving his sister from certain death, but he's like, oh no, how will my neighbors afford a new tractor? Yes, <laughs> he's because he demolishes his fucking tractor; it explodes. He's just and he and, wonders how his poor neighbors will ever afford to buy another tractor. And then Xavier's like, you're a mutant, Pyotr. And then he's like, but if I possess such power as you say, does it not belong to the state? And it's like a very like, da, womp, da, womp, da, da, 1975 da. Red Scare joke. <laughs> yes. Is power such as yours belongs to the world, Peter, to be used for the good of all. Says, then come, we will talk of this with my parents. And Peter and asked his dad, hey, dad, what should I do? His dad goes, do as your heart tells you, my son. It will not betray you. He doesn't say dad. He says, papa? tell me, papa. <laughs> tell me, pa tell me, papa. What should I do? And then his fucking, like, grandma is That's there and mom. has no lines. Oh, she's so old. <laughs> That's his mother. Did his dad marry, like, someone 30 years older than him? No, I think his dad's hair just... His dad is mad virile, and his hair <laughs> did not His dad has a all. luscious head of brown hair with a giant mustache. He and is, his mom is, like... <laughs> his dad is just, a high-testosterone man. He's an alpha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had to be to birth Giga Chad Colossus. <laughs> To birth 17-year-old giant Peter Rasputin. Is is Colossus, like, the um, the Western comics version of, like, Jotaro? It's like, he's 17 years old and 400 centimeters tall and 800 pounds. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a big fucker. He is a, that's a hoss. Um. Peter couldn't be American because then he would, like... Xavier would have to be pulling him off a football field somewhere in Nebraska. But Peter, you have such power. But I, I have a scholarship. 
to go play. I got a scholarship Very to go. Smallville. To go play at OU, you know. Oh uh, boy. We are in Arizona with uh, my guy. I fucking listen. I love well, the Proud Star Brothers. I think they're so fucking cool. Will <laughs> you just read the first, like the narration of these panels? Yes. <laughs> Camp Verde, it's 1975. Keep in mind, this is 1975. Camp Verde, Arizona. John Proudstar does not like the reservation. He does not like to watch the old ones sitting slumped against their doorsteps, dreaming dreams of glory long gone. John Proudstar is an Apache, and he's ashamed of his people. The Apache were meant to be hunters, warriors, not sad-eyed, simpering squaws. They were meant to run free through the crisp plain grasses, the wind blowing wildly through their hair. Only nothing, once nothing, could stand before the Apache. The bison that covered these plains fell like rain before. Apache skill, Apache bravery. But never did any bison fall like this. And that that's stated over John Proudstar grabbing a bison by both horns and just fucking dumping it on its head. He's like the the Final Fantasy VI, like, suplexing the train. He, he fucking steamrolls this bison. It's crazy. I, it's funny to me that he's wearing, like, jeans and, like, a button-up during this. Like, he's wearing, like, dress shoes, too. <laughs> he did this in hard-bottom shoes. Yeah, I, um... Should have been slipping and sliding all over the place. I'm white. I don't really have like a place to talk about this from, but all of all the stuff with John Proudstar feels not good. Yeah. Um they really do write by his brother later, uh by James. John does not stick around very long. John, uh, unfortunately, so uh when they were putting things together after this issue, they realized, oh shit, we kind of have two characters that are the same character. Wolverine and Thunderbird are really similar in their presentation. Uh, they have really similar personalities. So one of them has to go because we can't have two of the same guy around that's going to throw shit off. Um, that'll be redundant. So they realized that uh, they they kind of settled and decided that Thunderbird would die in I believe it's issue ninety seven or issue ninety eight. It's pretty fast after this he dies uh in a plane crash trying to stop with yeah um this is revisited later uh during New Mutants when uh his younger brother James is introduced and James fucking hates the X-Men initially because he blames them for his brother's death. Um, and then James... I mean, go, he's yeah, right. Yeah. James would go on to become Warpath and become a much bigger character than John ever... Like, than John was. And John kind of becomes Uncle Ben in that way. Uh, and doesn't come back until recently. He just recently uh, returned uh, at the end of... Um, trial of magneto uh he popped back up on krakoa uh 
Um, we get the first of a couple slurs in this issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, the, um, what he, he I'm not going to say it, but he says it to Xavier about him being in a wheelchair. So, yes, brain. Uh, the, the I do like the thing he says before that. <laughs> Where yeah. he says, he yeah. says, you are special, John Proudstar. You are a mute and you are needed he says and you can stuff a cactus custer the white man needs me that's tough <laughs> it's such a good line <laughs> especially you can stuff a cactus custer but <laughs> he said me work for crackers not happening never and they're and like then, i know this is offensive because xavier literally is like like Proudstar's walking off, and Xavier's like, wow, so I guess you're chicken. Yeah, he, he's like, perhaps what they say is true. Perhaps, uh, you, you do it better, Xavier. Perhaps what they say is true. Perhaps the Apache are all frightened, selfish children. Okay, that does it. Ain't nobody that calls me a coward, mister. I'm as good as the next guy. Hell, I'm better. You give me a chance, I'll prove it. Uh, and so they arrive back at the uh, back at the school. Yeah, so we're in chapter Rest two. Chapter two, and then there was one. Uh, Everybody's decked out in their outfits. God, st- you've seen the wrestler who cosplays Storm, right? Go ahead and be horny for Storm. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, man, listen. Those of you that know, know, but those of you that don't, do me a favor and Google Jade Cargill. Uh, (laughs) That's all, that's all I see is Jade Cargill as Storm. And Storm is so... They really created, like, the most beautiful woman they could think of. And were like, also, she's the most powerful person in the world. Which, fucking awesome. The outfit they put on Storm here is wild, because I feel like it's something you would see on, like, a Thirst Trap TikTok, like, today. Yes! It's it's kind of timeless. It's like this swimsuit with a cape. Yeah, it's basically like a... Like a... Like a it's like a one-piece, but, like, if it were a bikini that was, like, attached with a ring, like, yes. at her stomach... And she's got a cape and, like, thigh highs. It's yeah. really good. Uh, also, Colossus. Colossus' <laughs> costume does not make any sense. It's so it's funny. It's so slutty. <laughs> Cause it, well, because it's slutty up top, business on the bottom. He's got, like, the Nightcrawler, like, V chest piece with the shoulders. But then his entire, like... Like, his entire sides are just exposed. Yeah, he's not wearing anything under it. Like, Nightcrawler wears, like, a like a unitard, basically. Um, and so he's got this, like, a like a bodysuit underneath the, the big, like, chest part. Uh, but Colossus said, no, fuck that. Um, Dave Cockrum wanted it just to be shorts. Like, the, the blue part of his... Costume, his little pants. The, his little pants. It was just supposed to be trunks. It was supposed to, he was going to be fully zanny <laughs> And I don't remember who. I think it was. It was either Len Wein or um, 
or uh, like Jim Shooter or whoever was like in charge was like, no, that's too lewd. Uh, guys, you we can't. In. You, we can't do that. You <laughs> we can't, guys. Uh, which is funny and, because uh, later when he turns into his steel form, uh, his legs are exposed there. But because he's made of metal, it feels less sexual. And uh, John Proudstar has fringe on his outfit because he is Native American. <laughs> he has a fringe, he has a big Thunderbird on his chest, and he has a Thunderbird belt buckle. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> It's the exact same shape. Yes. Why do that you know, twice? This almost looks like the Nightwing disco outfit. It's yeah. It predates it by like. Yeah. It just it almost kind of looks like it. Yeah. Um, I fucking love this look for the Xavier Mansion. It it literally just looks like somebody's house. It's so cool. <laughs> Is this before they decided Wolverine was a manlet? Because he looks like normal height standing here at the top of the stairs they play a lot with characters heights in the 70s and 80s okay like this isn't just a marvel thing there are in like early issues of teen titans starfire is notably shorter than nightwing and then they just decided later she was taller than him starfire Uh, needs to be like six five or something starfire should be like six three yeah six three six four and nightwing should be like five ten uh, and so Sunfire's like, hey, enough standing around. Why am I here? Fuck. Uh, well, you're missing the Reed Richards call out. Yeah, he says, oh yeah, I got the costumes from a man named Reed Richards. I'm certain you'll learn more of him and his friends later. This uh, was when Fantastic Four was popular. This is when the that Fantastic Sean- Four were the shit. The Fantastic <laughs> Sean Connery, Four- sorry. <laughs> Here's the thing. If they had done an X-Men movie in the 70s, Sean Connery definitely would have played the professor. Um, so Sunpass, like, why are we here? And then Cyclops fucking Kuzco boom baby slams the doors open. He's like, what's up? I'm here. It's me, Cyclops. I hate this, uh, this Cyclops costume. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> He's all in dark blue, yellow underpants, and yellow trunks, fucking red belt. dishwashing gloves. <laughs> he looks like a freak. He looks absurd. <laughs> Uh, and so, so Scott explains uh, that the other X-Men have disappeared. Uh, you seven are our only hope of getting them back. So they shows them. He shows them Cerebro, and he's like, "They aren't here." Uh, he's like, "We'd all answer the signal alarm within seconds." The Professor, Angel, Iceman, Marvel Girl, Lorna Dane, my brother Polar, my brother Havoc, and myself. I should add, Polaris is not, like, Lorna is just Lorna here. She's not Polaris yet. Both of the girls' names are terrible. It's like, first off, Marvel Girl. Really? This is is why Claremont, like, the the Phoenix Saga takes place right after Claremont gets control of the book. It is the first thing he does. Her outfit is also terrible. Is, Is get Jean a new costume, get Jean a new code name. This is Claremont <laughs> decides Jean Grey is going to be the most powerful member of this team. Uh, no more Marvel Girl. No more fucking green mini dress. Phoenix. And then she's Phoenix for 15 years. 
Also, Lorna just being Lorna Dane and not Polaris. Is yeah, they had they hadn't come up with it yet. <laughs> like what? I don't understand why they would even like introduce the character and they're just like, I don't know, let's call her her name. Oh no, it's Kevin, the new X Man. Yeah, like I, they had tried code names for her, but none of them stuck, so they just kept going back to her name. Mm. Uh, also, whoo, Havoc's headpiece. Havoc's headpiece is so, it's so, it's so goofy. It's, it's so funny. Like, he gets a new costume in the 90s that's pretty cool, but then it's like, nope, Havoc gets the dumb headpiece back. <laughs> also, in this flashback, like, they detect a new mutant, and Professor X is like, go to the jet, guys! And Cyclops says, you heard the Professor X-Men, it's traveling time! <laughs> and it's so nerdy. It's like they were trying a new catchphrase for him, and it did not work. It did not land at all. He is a white dad taking the family to a restaurant. He is a white man. He's a white twenty-something in nineteen seventy-five. Because like back he's like, then, all right, gang, are you ready to rock and roll in the strato jet? <laughs> back then, the like Marvel characters aged in real time. So Cyclops is like twenty-four. Oh jeez, he is the. I should add, my my boy was the twenty four year old virgin. Um. So they head to the island of Krakoa in the South Pacific to find a mutant so powerful as to defy classification. Uh. They land there, and Iceman goes. I think we took the wrong bus, gang. This place sure doesn't look like Cleveland. All the insects in the air, the overgrown jungle. On second thought, maybe this is Cleveland. But um, pish. As I told you before, Iceman, shelve the snappy platter. Patter, fuck. We have a difficult job ahead of us finding that new mutant. Uh, and then <laughs> Lorna goes behind us. Look, it's it's. And then the next thing Cyclops knows, he is waking up totally fucked on the jet the way his outfit hangs off of him here that was intentional <laughs> you, th you think it was horny on purpose oh yeah the way it's like it's kind of attached around his glove but then there's still like a like strands like hanging off attaching back to his chest mm -hmm. <laughs> looks like and uh Looks like his eyes aren't working. Yeah, his eyes don't work, and we get a shot of how fucked up Scott's eyes are in the 70s. He's activated his Sharingan. <laughs> like, in recent years, they've done it that, like, Scott's got, like, normal colored eye, like, like his sclera is white, but he's got red eyes. Or it, it, this looks, he looks like the devil here. <laughs> he looks like Satan. Uh... Scott shows back up uh, at the at the mansion, and he's like, "Hey, do you? Where are the others? Do you mean to tell me that the other X Men are still on the island, and you have no idea what's happening to them?" And he's like, "I don't know, but something fixed my eyes and threw me back in the jet, and then his fucking eyes come back on." Um, one thing I want to point out is, given the what we find out later, 
there's no mention of how much time has passed. It's yeah, Scott's while Cyclops was passed out. Like there, like you would think it's immediately after, but we find out later it's not. But like nobody mentions it here that he yeah. was gone for like a while. Because it's unclear. He doesn't even really know. He just wakes Prof- up on the jet. Yeah, but Professor X isn't like, you were gone for a while, Scott. <laughs> Scott, Scott, my boy. Uh, and so his his optic blasts have gotten so gotten even more powerful, um, and he can't control them. So now he, one of his old visors is modified to contain the power. Uh, and so they, while the others, while the professor was rounding up the others, Scott was retraining himself how to use his eyes, which is why he wasn't around before now. Uh, it's a pretty good Professor X look. He's got like a button up with the sleeves rolled up. He's got a little watch on. (laughs) He's just Ric Flair. I don't know. He looks good. He's about to kiss every girl in the building and make her cry. Uh... And so and then, Sunfire says, fuck Sunfire off. Sunfire says, I'm leaving. <laughs> Sunfire says, fuck this. It's like, why did he come all this way? Because they told him about Krakoa. He says, this seems like it sucks. I'm out. Cyclops is like, I don't understand, Sunfire. We offer you a chance to help your fellow mutants. And- I do not even <laughs> like my fellow mutants, Cyclops. I certainly will not risk my life to help them. My name is Paul, and that shit is between y'all. Go to hell. And then they get on the jet, and then Sunfire immediately flies after them and is like, can I come in? Sunfire is just like immediately <laughs> like, he like blows up at them and he's like, nah, I probably, I should probably go with them. He's Fuck. being a tsundere. Yes. <laughs> Uh, somebody here calls him a slur, and it's unclear who. I think it's Wolverine. Um, wait. I took a note about the slur. Oh, actually, I'm not I... seeing it right now. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, it's not clear who says it. I think it's probably actually, Banshee. Actually, I think it's Warp. Oh, no, Warpath. I think it's Thunderbird. Well, he says I'll be jiggered. Yeah, it calls Cyclops one eye. Yeah, but I'll be jiggered sounds like a banshee thing. Yeah. It's like a, ooh, I'm a leprechaun, like that that kind of thing to say. Because <laughs> banshee is Irish or whatever. It's unclear. Someone on this plane is canceled. <laughs> um. So Nightcrawler asks, "Why did you change your mind? Afraid to go home alone?" He says, "My my reasons are nobody's business but my own, Misfit." You do well to remember that. Uh, so they head down to the island, and uh, Cyclops divides everybody up into teams. Uh, For so no reason, really. To cover more ground, I guess. I mean, they split up, and they like they immediately just re. They end up like, in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happens is so he divides the team up. Storm, uh, Stormin's Colossus. Uh, who they develop a really fun relationship in like later stories like she's very much like a big sister to him which is great uh, Storm and Colossus Wolverine and Banshee Nightcrawler and Sunfire and Wait, the, the Banshee and Wolverine dialogue is like 
Tis a pleasure to be working with you, laddie. And then Wolverine is Sims. Whoopee. Uh, Tis a pleasure <laughs> to be working with you, laddie. Uh, also, um, Scott says, um, he calls uh, John Thunderbird, and he says, my name's Proudstar. And he's like, not anymore. The <laughs> professor gave y'all code names, and you have to use them. I, so one thing that I, I like that is a change later is that their code names, they treat their code names less like, oh, I'm on a mission. This is my code name. And now it's more like, oh, this is my mutant name. This is the name I've yeah. chosen for myself as a mutant, which I think is, one, I That's... think it works a lot better. And two, I think makes the metaphor a little bit stronger. Because, like, the thing that I think gets lost with the, when people try to do the mutants as a minority metaphor is that the thing that people don't like about mutants isn't that they have all these powers. Because they don't have this problem with Thor or Captain America. They have a problem with mutant kind because they see mutant kind as replacing humanity. But in reality, because mutant kind or the X gene and evolution in that way means that one day humans as they currently exist will be fundamentally replaced by mutants. Mutants, Homo superior will become the dominant species on earth. And it's like, it's like, it's, how do I explain it in a way that like makes sense to my point? Like, the white guy who swears he's not racist but doesn't want his daughter to date anybody black, it's not, it's, like, because he's afraid that his family will one day become made up of black people and that he and his predecessors will have been replaced. Like it's Woof. a very white racial insecurity. And that's kind of transplanted across to, to like, humans broadly in x-men comics they hate and fear mutant kind not because they have power but because one day mutants will replace them well you know it's like the i don't you know i don't have any problems with black people but i don't want them in my neighborhood because this isn't a this isn't a black neighborhood i don't want my neighborhood to become a black neighborhood you know is the the, the yeah. The fear, if that makes sense. There's not a ton of that in this issue, except no. for like, well, there's not any of it. Yeah, that, Nightcrawler's that is, just being persecuted because he looks like a fucking demon. Right. That is something that is kind of explored more. Like, God Loves Man Kills uh, goes more into that. Uh, that's something that that I think that Claremont does really uh, well to try to establish. And Grant Morrison, uh, in in that kind of uh, space. Uh, anyway, they Cyclops and Thunderbird uh, land and then look back and realize the jet is gone, and now a giant strange temple has appeared. Uh, has appeared a little ways away. We also get um, several panels of, like, 
character that can fly carries character that cannot fly, and it's really funny. Yeah. Because, um, like, Banshee. Sunfire and Nightcrawler are, like, holding both hands, but, like, Wolverine is holding onto Banshee's, like, feet. Because the way Banshee's costume is set up, he has to have his arms spread to fly. Because And then Colossus just jumps out of the plane, and he's like, I'll just cannonball it, and Storm's like, wait, no! <laughs> well, what are you fucking stupid? And then John says another, like, nationality-based term that I don't know if it's offensive. I should have looked it up first. Well, it's the, is it the thing where he says, uh... He says, it's just my luck I'd be the first Indian to get massacred by... Uh, no, it's as they're landing, he, when he's talking about Storm and, uh, Pyotr. Oh, he, call, he calls... He calls... He says, the chick and the Ruski have landed. Yeah. It's like, ah... Yeah, so the jet's gone. Yeah, the jet's gone. Uh, they go to the... Uh, they they and make their way to this temple, only to be attacked by the living vines on the island. Uh, and they, they manage to, to power out and head to the temple. That's really our first clue as to what's going on on the island. Uh, on the island's east side, Banshee and... Wolverine are attacked from the sea by giant crabs. Wolverine hits the giant enemy crabs and their weak points for massive damage. <laughs> also, speaking of fucking nationality based terms, Wolverine calls Banshee Irish three times. Yeah, in like, like, yeah, like as is his name. Just gonna stand there. You're just gonna stand around gawking Irish, or are you gonna help me? Look, it looks like the wel local welcoming committee Irish. The Wolverine has claws of own, and Irish, he likes to use them. The narration calls Wolverine's abilities flamboyant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Aaron-born mutant is already aloft, and though his sonic scream is not nearly so flamboyant as his companion slashing talents, it is nonetheless equally effective. The battle is violent, but brief. Uh, and so everybody kind of reunites uh, at the... They each have one designated encounter for 400 XP yep. set by the Dungeon Master. <laughs> um, Colossus, is Colossus kind of a nice guy? Colossus is because, really like, nice. That's like his well, thing. No, him and Storm are walking, and he's like, oh, Aurora, you're not like other girls. <laughs> and then, they like, rocks are falling on them. And Colossus is like, well, the rocks can't hurt me, but for threatening you, I shall crush them. And it's very, like, watch out, milady. <laughs> Colossus is... In... So, when he, uh... He, yeah, the line he says is, you are so unlike the girls in my... Huh? That sound. Um, I mean, we don't see what the people in his home are like. We only see his sister. Who is a child. And the thing he's saying is that, like, in this specific context, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll do whatever you say because she's so, like, Storm is such a natural leader. But he just means that she's not white. Also that. Also that. Uh, 
And so they, uh... Oh, and uh, Nightcrawler and Sunfire fight some giant birds? Ones. Yeah. They're, are they even giant? They just look like kind of regular-sized eagle. <laughs> You're right, they are just birds. <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler teleports for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, and we get the explanation it, that his his teleports smell terrible. It doesn't say Bamf. Yeah, it doesn't, I was no disappointed. Uh, a burst of flame, the stench of brimstone, and the mutant called Nightcrawler is suddenly elsewhere. His laugh is little more than a hideous howl. Yeah, it just kind of cuts to Nightcrawler, like, in midair, punching, like, three birds at one time, and you're like... How do you get up there? And then he just teleports, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he can do that. And then Sunfire just, like, lights them all on fire. Hey, you work with what you got. Uh, so they all meet back up at the temple. So. <laughs> and they're like, They just huh. split up so that they could demonstrate their powers real quick yep. to the viewer. Uh, and they're like, Sunfire, Storm, Colossus, looks like you're the time has come for your first practical lesson in the art of being an X-Man. This, uh, this lesson is entitled Breaking and Entering. I love that line. Uh, and so they just blow this fucking door down and find the original, uh, the other X-Men, uh, like, connected by all these vines, hold up, like, by these tubes. Uh, they manage to rescue them as the temple comes apart. And their, uh, their mutant energy TM is being sucked. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um and so they're like, Cyclops, why did you come back? Uh Warren, who looks especially like movie star seventies, <laughs> like chisel jaw, Giga Chad, Warren Worthington the third. He looks like Booster Gold, except Booster Gold is a parody. Yes, he looks like this on purpose. He's uh, like, you fool, don't you understand? It wanted you to come back and bring others with you. It was all a trap and now it's too late. The ground rearing up around the fallen temple. Of course, you haven't realized it yet. We came to this island to look for a mutant. But the mutant is the island itself. Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. Like a man thing. They're gonna get fucking sued for copyright on those. Yeah, images flood the mutant minds as they st stand rooted to the spot. The sun bursts brilliance of an early atomic test, when, whose unseen radiation permeated every living organism here until they grew linked in a colony intelligence that gave the island a life of its own. But Krakoa grew hungry then, a hunger barely appeased when the X Men arrived upon the sea. So yeah, it uh, it fed on their energies and released Cyclops to uh, to bring more people back. Bring basically, more people back, yeah, because it feeds on mutant energies. Now you might be asking yourself, they live on Krakoa now, which is correct. Uh, the island Krakoa, uh, they have an agreement with it now. Also, it's weird because the island talks here, uh, and it does not now. It speaks a language that only. Uh, that only Cypher understands. Yeah, uh, it's it's like it's it it's villain. It's like monologuing, explaining yeah. its plan, and then it shoots them with eyeball beams. Yeah. And now 
now we will go hungry no longer. Yes, we used you, Eyeless One, as we used uh, the other one who gathered you all together. They do not say other there, but, you know. <laughs> At the command of a voice only his mind could hear. But the time for explanations is past. The time, now it is the time for Krakoa to feed. Uh, Wolverine says, fuck all that, let's get to it. Uh... I love, <laughs> I love his attack pose because he like jumps at it and attacks it with like one hand of claws and one just foot kicking. He's like, I'd leave him with something. Uh, <laughs> like it's just the weirdest two limb combination. So nothing is really fight is working on it. Sunfire's blasts aren't doing anything. Storm's lightning isn't doing anything. And then there's a panel where they're like, guys, the battle is really cool. J trust us. We're, it's off screen, but trust us. <laughs> yeah, it's like mere words can never begin to describe the sheer unbridled savagery of the battle that follows. So we won't even attempt it here. That is, we are running out of pages. These printers only have so much ink. So the professor psychically calls... Uh, Cyclops and it's like hey uh, I discovered it's soul weak point so the professor enters into mental combat with the living island Krakoa to distract it while Storm flies up and just uh, blasts Polaris with fucking lightning which restores her magnetic powers somehow uh, as they, they create a mutant circuit and it's 70s comic science <laughs> yeah i mean hey fuck it and are havoc and polaris like dating yes okay because havoc is like you gotta call it off scott lorne is gonna die Don't and then cyclops is like i can't god. alex i can't i can't sacrifice a world to save one woman alex even if she is the woman you love i swear to you brother or no brother if she dies and Havoc can't... Havoc's angry outburst is overshot by the combination of their powers. And they... The fucking rain is replenishing the island's power. Yep. Yeah, Professor X, like, Professor X loses the mental combat or whatever, so yeah. he just, like, slumps over. Professor X, idiot... Uh, gives them a strategy that just feeds the island. Um, um, Krakoa says, like, Fools, you brought rain from the sky to destroy us, but it serves only to replenish us and give us strength to destroy you. And then the narration says, But as before, the X-Men argue that point quite strongly. And so Scott and Alex blast... Scott... And Alex blasts Lorna, who then blasts the island into the sky. She, like, it's like the lightning is, like, supercharging her magnet powers, and then she, like, shoots down magnet redirects the lasers, like, down into the Earth's core, and then they fucking, like, jojo's bizarre adventure part two like 
<laughs> launch the entire island into space. <laughs> uh, and so the, the, the day is saved. The island has been shot into space. But now the ocean is rushing in to fill in the space and they're caught in the whirlpool. So Bobby does like the only thing he's done all issue which is he just makes a like a raft for them to ride on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bobby Drake, uh poor guy. They uh they did not have any ideas for Bobby. He can do the Frozone thing where he slides around on the on the slide, and that's all we need. Yeah, yeah. So they they are, they manage to save. You know, they manage to get safe, get back to the jet, and Angel goes. The sorry, we don't have seats for all of you, but this plane wasn't designed to carry so many mutants, which brings us to our next little problem. What are we gonna do with thirteen X Men? Uh, the it's a very that. like everybody laughed like burr, 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 like comedy but, ending yeah. but we'll find out next issue when the doomsmith strikes so the solution they come up with uh, is that uh, Iceman and Angel both retire for, for a time they, they go off to do other things um Gene tries to live a pretty normal life up until the Phoenix stuff happens. Uh, so for a while, for I think the first couple sto- stories, the team is Cyclops, Wolverine. Uh, oh yeah, Lorna and Alex also go to finish their college degrees. This will take them 40 years. <laughs> Lorna only very recently got her PhD in geology, I think. Damn, she should call fucking Doc Ock. That dude got a degree like nothing. He got a degree in somebody else's body. <laughs> yeah, Lord, so Lorna Danes... Actually, so she does become Polaris uh, in X-Men number 97. In uh, Okay, so that's not long after this. Yeah, yeah. Claremont is the one who comes up with the, uh, the Polaris codename. Um, yeah, she uh, very recently becomes... Has become Dr... Uh, Dr. Lorna Dane PH, has a PhD in geophysics. That feels like cheating a little bit. <laughs> that you can control the Earth's... <laughs> it's like if Virgil went and got an electrical engineering degree. He's got his fucking HVAC certification. <laughs> um, but... So the X Men, uh, so Lorna and Alex go to go back to college. Uh, Iceman and Angel go to do other things, and uh, so then it be and then uh, Thunderbird dies. So the Thunderbird dies. Sunfire quits. Banshee kind of is like semi-retired. So, so it's he, basically like Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Wolverine. Storm and once she becomes Phoenix Jean. Uh, that is the X Men team through most, through basically the rest of the 70s. Honestly, it's very iconic. Yeah, it's, it, and the funny thing is, is that it, uh, 
it uh, kind of happened overnight. Like, they went from the team nobody cared about to under Claremont becoming possibly the... I think I'd say by like 1983, 1984, definitely more po uh, popular than the Avengers, not as popular as Spider-Man. Nah, that's that's tough to say, but they're definitely way more popular than the Avengers of the 70s and the 80s, and stay that way until pretty recently. Like until like until MCU took off, really. Yes, until like Avengers versus X Men. I've only heard bad things about that. It's not great. We reviewed it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like as great. As for this issue, like it's like I, I kind of have a hard time judging. Like, oh, this comic, I definitely see why this became popular and not this. But, like, the characters are very, like, cool and flashy. Yeah. Um, and, like, it was really neat to see, like, their first appearances. Definitely. Like, it's, it's really cool to see, like, oh, this is, like, a solid starting point for a lot of these characters. But a lot of them don't have much character. Like, Nightcrawler... Doesn't yeah. really develop a personality until later on. Like again, like Len Wein and Dave Cockrum are create are credited for creating these characters, as they should be. But a lot of their popularity, a lot of the things that people know them for, are uh, things that like are established by Claremont later down the line. Like the Logan, Gene, Scott stuff, that's Claremont. Storms. You can call it their relationship. But it's not, It's. I wouldn't say it's a relationship at that point. I'd say it's definitely one now. But uh, I don't know if I'd say that for sure about the stuff in the 80s. It's deeply antagonistic. <laughs> like, Gene is not really into Logan in the 80s. That's really a 90s thing. Gene's not into Logan. Logan's really into Gene and really fucking hates that she's with Scott because he thinks he's a loser. Scott... Scott leaves and gets married and then they're like, no, Gene's back. Fuck off. Uh, Nightcrawler and Colossus like kind of get paired off as best friends early on but they don't really develop their like the things people know and like about Nightcrawler are things that aren't done until the mid 80s uh, when he's on Excalibur uh, Colossus is great up until like the early 90s and then stops making sense um, so there's a lot of things about these characters that are uh, like fleshed out later fleshed out later this is really bare bones with them, but it's really a great starting point. Like, if someone is... Yeah, like, they, they hit you with the backstory. You've got, like, a... Like, there's enough for the new characters that you can tell, like, what their deal is, pretty much. Even mm -hmm. if, like, that's all you get is, like, their backstory, and then they just kind of sit around. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, what, like... If this... 
was your first first exposure to this comic, uh, to these characters, what would your how would you feel about it? I mean, I <laughs> I can't put myself in a mindset of like not knowing who Wolverine is, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I I think this story is a fun con like a fun story. Overall, and I think it contrasts really well with like like it sets the the tone for what the X Men will be going forward. Um, and I think the funny thing about it is that there is a uh, there is a story uh, later called Deadly Genesis that is uh, where I said for the last few years. Um, Charles Xavier has been just a total like piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Deadly Genesis is a sequel to this that retcons it, um, and uh, it reveals that this this team is not the first team of mutants that he sends to Krakoa. Oh, jeez! So the he sends. Uh, he sends four other mutants uh, to Krakoa. Was it like before Cyclops came back? Before Cyclops came back, right. Okay. So those characters are Petra, who is terrakinetic, cool power. Uh, is she... Is that Terra from Teen Titans? No, the similar power, but... I couldn't remember what her name was. No, her her name is just Tara. She's a she, Tara. I, I talked about it in the Judas Contract episode. She is a like a play on Kitty Pride. Like she is their version of that character. Uh, so it's Petra, Sway, Darwin, and Vulcan. Vulcan, aka Gabriel Summers, younger Wait, brother. Sway in the morning. Gabriel Summers, the younger brother of Scott and Alex. Uh, so everyone is seemingly killed by this, but Darwin and Vulcan survive by getting blasted. Uh, Darwin and Vulcan uh, get blasted into space, uh, and because Dar- because of Darwin's power, Darwin rules. Because Darwin rules, they survive. Uh, but Petra and Sway are seemingly killed. Um, so, uh... So Cyclops didn't try to, like, call up his other brother? They do go find him, eventually. But Cyclops doesn't find out till way later. Cyclops didn't know Vulcan existed. Oh, okay. Uh, Vulcan I was like, was... did Cyclops just, like, go on this mission and be like, Hey, hey, Xavier, my... have you seen my brother lately? No, no, no. Vulcan, um... Vulcan was born in Shi'ar space. Um, after... After Corsair and God, I mean, after Corsair and Catherine Summers get abducted by Chiar people, whatever. I'll get into Deadly Genesis some other time. Chloe, thank <laughs> you for being on the show. Um, I will. I would love to have you back on some other time. Uh, Fun. Thank you all for hanging out with us. These uh, tight two hours on this hour thirty-five. Um, the, I should be back next week. I might even. 
talk somebody into doing Deadly Genesis. You never know. Uh, until then, you follow the show uh, on Twitter at MCMFPod. You can follow me at Archer Arios, A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Do not make me explain it. Uh, subscribe. Leave us reviews. Things like that. It helps the show out. Uh, tell your friends. We're cool sometimes. Um, and uh, you guys all take care. Stay safe. And we will see you some other time. Thanks.